What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Do you like the Oakland A's? Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friend, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake. Silver, brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to be back in the building here on a Tuesday night. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show. Wherever and however you may be watching and listening, we are live on all platforms, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter Periscope, and of course, Twitch. Like me on all social media platforms, subscribe as well, and hit the bell button for all of the latest notifications on all future shows and even some past live streams. We really do appreciate it, you guys. Man, I'm so glad to be here tonight because I have a lot to really get off of my mind here. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of things I think we've learned from here in week 14, but I'm just going to start off with this. So last night's game between Baltimore and Cleveland. Oh boy. Wasn't that fun. Wasn't that a whole lot of fun? Nothing but a little toe to toe AFC North matchup. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. I mean, you got it all, but here was a few takeaways. We all want so bad to bail on Lamar Jackson. We want to so bad that in the end, Lamar and the rest of the Baltimore Ravens team, including that defense, they balled out last night. Here's the thing you have to understand about Lamar Jackson, and this is the version of him that we're seeing Right now, mind you, we haven't seen the full version of Lamar Jackson yet. We haven't. What's going on, Eckler fan? What's happening? This is kind of the thing. I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. Lamar has gotten himself into a point where he's so predictable because he's only one-dimensional. When he's one-dimensional, he's he's really, really good at one thing. That's running the football, right? But the problem of it is for Baltimore, they never, they don't even have an over-the-top wide receiver. Yet they continuously make plays however that they can to make them really just, you know, they turn them into W's. It's really, really interesting. Not a playoff player, only good in regular season. That's yet to be told. We know he's 0-2 in the playoffs. But that's what's going to really determine that by this this up-and-coming year. If Baltimore wins out the rest of their games, they'll make the playoffs. And we'll see exactly. We'll see for a third time if Lamar could really change himself from not just a really good regular season player, but hopefully a playoff type uh, type of quarterback. And I could tell you this, because looking at all these stats... I mean, Cleveland, they dominated in the pass game. 355 yards in the air. Baltimore only had 154. But the only strength of Baltimore, since they're a run-first type offense, they had 231 yards on the ground. And that's just carries from Lamar 
to J.K. Dobbins, to Gus Edwards, to a lot of a lot of their runners. Now, here's the takeaway. We know Baltimore does not have an over-the-top receiver. We've been seeing this over and over again. You know how many times he's very reliant on Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown? It clearly tells you there's not one other wide receiver, an over-the-top, who has size, who has length, who's got hands. We've been seeing a lot of wide receivers in this league who are capable of making the plays Lamar Jackson wants to throw to. Okay, we watch it all the time with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray throws a beautiful ball. The one guy you would want to catch the ball is DeAndre Hopkins, right? Justin Herbert of the Chargers, and when you watch Mike Williams, and Mike Williams at times has done this, where he'll jump, make acrobatic plays, and he's you know he, he's really good. He utilizes a lot of his size and his length. Then, of course, you have Devontae Adams, and you've got Mike Thomas. You have a lot of those guys. Baltimore, they only have to settle for Mark Andrews, the tight end, and Marquise Brown. They don't have an over-the-top receiver. But I still do think Lamar is a really, he's a special type of quarterback, but we haven't seen the full version of him yet. Baltimore has yet to address it because I'll be honest with you. I never saw a flaw in their defense, not one. And I don't think defense was very much Baltimore's issue. If they get an over-the-top receiver, and there are a ton that are coming in from college who we've been watching currently, that I think it could be very, very interesting. I could see Baltimore putting in their chips and going and getting a guy like uh, Jamar Chase from LSU or a lot of those acrobatic uh, wide receivers who are capable of making those plays. But only time will tell. But Baltimore... They played hard. They played all the way to the wire. Um, It's unfortunate what happened with Trace McSorley, and I'm hoping that he gets healthy soon. But right now, I know a lot of people have reservations of, well, Jake, he's not a playoff quarterback. I understand that. And that's where we sometimes have to pump the brakes. Right now, we're only about three games away from the end of the season, and then we're in playoff mode. And we have yet to see that because again, everybody's just holding their breaths. They're holding their reservations of what they're thinking about, about Lamar Jackson. And listen, I'm not speaking as if I'm defending him, but all I'm saying is if you watch the games, if you watch exactly how Lamar, what he does and how he gets himself out of chaotic, you know, out of chaotic situations, It's interesting. The only thing is that they just need an over-the-top receiver. The team is not bad, okay? The only thing they would have needed to fix up because both of them were offset on penalties. They had eight of them, you know, and and that was a grinding toe-to-toe matchup. But they're not that, they're not that far. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm saving it for the long run. Gonna get kicked out by a wild card team. That's all I'm saying. I'm saving that note, Jamar Kendrick. I'm saving the note, and we'll see what happens from there. All right, let's shift over to the other side. Let's shift over to the Cleveland side. Because listen, Cleveland, they already know this was a tough enough matchup as it was. Okay, and Baker, Baker was 28 of 47, 343 passing yards, two touchdowns and one pick. Okay, and Baker, this is the uh, this is the thing you have to understand about Cleveland. Their juice is in the run game. It's not with Baker. Okay, and they have throughout this whole year, they've never had to be over reliant on Baker Mayfield to make plays. They never have. And this is what's been really really good about Kevin Stefanski. This is what I've loved about him coaching and for him especially, how he's been able to mature the players, get themselves buttoned up and straightened up and to where they're they're nine and four. 
This is a team that has not seen a winning record. Now, mind you, the next three games is going to be very interesting. Their star wide receiver is out. That actually, Jamar, I'm going to be on the other side. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. Even if Odell is out, Baker was still able to get it to players. It was a Nick Chubb. He had two rushing touchdowns in the game. Kareem Hunt and Baker each had a touchdown of their own. But then Kareem Hunt also had a receiving touchdown. Then there was Rashard Higgins. Then here's the other thing. Jarvis Landry, he had at least nine targets and he caught six of them. Donovan Peoples-Jones, interesting player, five targets, three catches. He's targeting to some of his wide receivers and he's utilizing all of his offensive weapons. It ain't even just about losing Odell Beckham. You know what Cleveland's problem was in that game? Even though, yeah, what's going on, Key? By the way, guys, if you haven't already, definitely like, subscribe, and hit the bell button to check out Key in the building. She's got all of the amazing Philadelphia content, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, and also the Philadelphia Eagles. Great stuff. And here's what's interesting. The flaw that happened in Cleveland, the defensive backfield, the seven, they were exposed in the late quarter. You saw how many times Lamar Jackson threw those plays and he opened up space. He opened up space. Every single one of the offensive players was moving past all of these safeties and corners. They weren't prepared for that late in the game. I was watching it at least from the last two minutes. When I had seen touchdown after touchdown, Cleveland was starting to come back in the game. That was when I noticed. That was when I noticed late in the game. There was an opportunity for Lamar Jackson to march downfield, get the team the lead, and then disrupt the defense. And I thought Lamar was exceptional on it. But this is what Cleveland really has to do. In order for you really to be a Super Bowl caliber team, you don't have to have all of these offensive super weapons. Much like an Odell or an Austin Hooper. They still had really good wide receivers before they came around. They just spent all the money on the superstar wide receiver and a tight end. For what? You already have David Njoku. You already have Jarvis Landry. Donovan Peoples-Jones looks to be pretty promising. And Rashard Higgins. They have a bunch of different depths at wide receiver. Jarvis would have been your number one, and then you would have had to follow the line from there. But having Odell does not always solve your problems. That's the thing. But it, but again, and this is where I'm explaining about that, Jamar. What's going on, Jay in the Bay? And of course, our other colleague here on the spot on the Spotlight Sports Network. Definitely check out uh, Justin Harden, aka Jay. It's always good in the Bay when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. Definitely like, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all latest notifications on 49ers content. Um, but here's the thing. In order to be a Super Bowl caliber team, yes, you have to have offense. You got to have the quarterback. You got to have the GM. You got to have the head coach. You got to have the offensive line. But the icing on the cake has got to be the defense, mostly on the secondaries. Sometimes you got to have at least at least two, if not three, good pass rushers. Something to disrupt the opposing offense. But mostly because of how wide receiver friendly it is in this league, you have got to have the best secondaries on every single one of these wide receivers. San Francisco's done that. The Rams, the Rams have shaped themselves up to where they could potentially be a, a Super Bowl caliber team. Buffalo, surprisingly, I will tell you this, Buffalo looks like a really good team in the NFL right now on top of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But run game, Defense and Baker completing the passes. Yeah. But here's the thing. All of Cleveland's successes has not thrived through Baker. It has thrived through the team. But that is where Cleveland, if they want to be a Super Bowl contending team, you got to end up fixing up that backfield seven. 
You've got to fix it up. I love Denzel Ward. I like a couple of their, of their real good secondaries. But if they shape this up right, this is why that I kept saying, trade Odell, get draft capital for him. Because at that point, that's ammunition for your defense to get better. And I guarantee you, if they pull off that trade for Odell and they get big-time draft capital, this is going to be a very, very intimidating team. Nobody would even want to play against Cleveland. And I'm going to tell you right now, everybody can think more or highly or less about Cleveland right now. But they have made some serious successes. Head coach has definitely been one of them because they needed a grown-up in that locker room. They figured out that Baker is not the savior of the franchise. They thrived as a team that's running the football, that's completing passes, that's utilizing everybody and having a shutdown defense. But I think if they go and trade Odell, I mean, there are a bunch of places that could very much use Odell because, like I'm telling you right now, if, if New England ended up getting Odell Beckham, I guarantee you they probably would have gotten draft capital. Bills would or the, the Browns would have definitely got draft capital and we would have seen all of those uh, secondaries get shaped up. I guarantee it. Teams like that who are definitely needing wide receivers there, the Niners, I mean, yeah, no, an, another really good target and they need one next to Debo Samuel. And that's the thing. You got to get it for draft picks. But that's why I think will be the interest for Cleveland. I think from the offseason, they are going to they are going to review it, but I guarantee you, they need to end up getting more draft picks, and they need to start fixing up that secondary. I think if they do that right, then this team will this team will definitely be a playoff caliber team. Coming up next, the NBA, the preseason's finally underway. I've watched a couple of highlights, and I'm very excited about it. But there's one player on the spotlight. No pun intended, but there is a player on the spotlight. Everybody's going to be watching, like play-by-play, play, every single move. And they're hoping there's going to be success in where he is. I'm going to explain who that is. I'm going to explain who that is coming up next. Also, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan right now, I'd be doggone worried about the Chiefs because there is one thing that is standing out to everybody in these last couple of weeks, and I cannot believe nobody's paid attention to it. I'm going to explain what that is to coming up next. Um, for all of you diehard fantasy champions up out there far and wide, wherever you may be, um, we've got just the place for you when it comes to fantasy um, matchups and earn and earning hard cash. Cause we all love that, right? We all love to be winners and we love to win cash. There's a place for that called thrive fantasy. All right. When you go online and you download the app and sign up, use promo code SS network. That's short for spotlight sports network. When you put in 20 bucks is your first deposit thrive fantasy promises to match it to 50 bucks in your first play. That's in all major sports. That's also including esports. And that's every day of every week. There's pool plays. You can you can win up to 15 grand in pool play. Who doesn't like to who doesn't like to win hard-earned cash? Definitely go online to Thrive Fantasy, promo code SS Network, and start your and start your free play to and start your play today.
So if any of you guys haven't done so already, we do have some of the hottest gears like this here. You see Snake Sports Talk Show gear. We've got it all under the Spotlight Sports Network gear.com. Shop for merchandises like T-shirts, hats, masks, hoodies for the cold season. We've even got coffee mugs and we even got cell phone cases. We got all that good stuff to rep for your favorite show here on the network. That is the Snake Sports Talk Show. So go online to the thespotlightsportsgear.com and start shopping for some merch today, especially when we're on the holiday season. I still got at least a couple of people I need to get on my, on my, um, my holiday list. I'm so, so close to, um, I'm so close to finishing it up. Um, but I, I know a lot of people are kind of concerned right now with just the way that, you know, this whole COVID thing is hit and, and so much more, but, um, but still, I mean, it, it's still a fun, it's still a fun filled season. I love it every time when we're in the holidays because by the time we're in Thanksgiving, that's where it gets exciting. That's the fourth and final quarter of the year. You know, we spend great quality time with family, um, our loved ones, our friends, you know, and, and, and we just appreciate the things that we do have here today, you know, and, and that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And I'm hoping all of you guys have a safe holiday. Because I know next week, next week is going to be a lot of fun. I'm so glad by next week, because I'll tell you, I got Thursday, Friday off. So I've got a long, long weekend from here. And I'm excited. I'm excited for it. And I'm definitely going to be spending an awful lot of time with family, especially even with real good friends as well at the end of it. But, um, but yeah. I hope all of you guys have a great holiday season and I hope all of you guys are staying safe and healthy up out there as we're almost out of this year soon. So, you know, um, the one player since the NBA, the NBA preseason is tipped off. It's tipped off. It's been great. I've been seeing a lot of really good stuff lately. I've been seeing, uh, LaMelo ball looking very, very interesting in Charlotte this year. And I think, and, and this is the thing, Charlotte, as a development as a developmental organization, they've got some real good players. Lamella Ball, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, and they just bring in Gordon Hayward not too long ago. Um, but this is kind of hopeful right now for Charlotte. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but what I'm saying is, is that this could be a team that could be very fun to watch, interesting, and some of these young players. They develop the right way. I think if they get the right um, coaching schematics from here, this could be very interesting. Phoenix, I've already said they're a playoff team. New Orleans is a playoff team. You ain't even. I'm not hesitating. After everything we've seen during the offseason and in the draft, that is going to be a very, very interesting team. I mean, I I look at it from top to bottom, you know, and 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 so. I think this will be very interesting how the season goes, but there's one player in particular who I have on the spotlight, and that is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is about to play his first full season with Brooklyn. And here's the one thing you have to understand and realize about, um, about KD. KD had the worst injury back in 2019. Suffered an Achilles injury with the Golden State Warriors, and then that was the end of it. Then he takes a four-year contract with Brooklyn, sits out the whole rest of the season because he was healing up from his foot injury. And what's going to be interesting is that the thing about this is Brooklyn is going to be an interesting team to watch all throughout the season, through and through. What I uh, one of my takeaways is because I know that there were a lot of rumor buzzes about James Harden and all this other stuff, and 
you know, and, and however people are going to go around, are going to go about this. But what's going to be interesting about Brooklyn, because I hope this works. Everyone is hoping that this works. I'm more excited for KD than anybody else in that Brooklyn roster. I'll be honest with you. I'm not excited for Kyrie. I'm excited for anybody. I'm ex- more excited for Kevin Durant. Because I think at this point, we just haven't seen another superstar player um, all from this past season. Now having KD back in the lineup and watching him play, I think is exactly what... um, This is exactly what the NBA needed. They needed another superstar to come back. KD is going to be fully healthy. But the only thing that I'm going to have trouble with is knowing, is honestly knowing how, knowing how they're going to deal with a lot of the emotions. They're going to deal with a lot of emotions on the court. They're going to deal with a lot of emotions in the locker room. If they haven't already, KD was the only person who was doing interviews who spoke his mind and didn't really mind it. They really, really didn't mind it. And so this is kind of the thing that is going to be an interesting season. And remember, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have LeBron and you're going to have Anthony Davis kind of sit out for a little bit, rest up, rest easy. And that's fine. But of course, in this league, in the NBA, it's all superstar driven. You got to have superstars on the court. That's just the way that it works. Apparently in this league, it won't work anywhere else, but in the NBA, if there's no superstars in this league, like if you don't have the big time superstar who is just like he, he he basically just makes plays we we like we wouldn't even see on a daily basis. So Kevin Durant, who's a natural shooter, he's a natural scorer, he's a guy that can shoot both threes and he can also shoot within the paint. I think having Kevin Durant back is what's really. I think this is exactly what the NBA needed. I think this is exactly what the NBA was hoping for. Now actually getting a chance to see him on the court and see him healthy is going to be one, you know, fans like myself are going to be excited for. I'm not going to be excited for Kyrie Irving. I really am not because Kyrie, let's be honest, he still has not gotten it through to him that he's not really a number two or a, you know, or is he a legitimate number one? He's a number two. He's a guy that's got a beautiful shot. Whenever he needs those clutch shots, he's got a really good one. You know, and I'm not knocking on Kyrie, but there have been times in Boston and in so many other places, even in Cleveland. I mean, he took a shot at LeBron, but LeBron needed to minimize the the noise. I think he understands it was hurtful. But at the same time, you still have to be able to focus up on your game. But all I'm saying is Brooklyn will be an interesting team to watch. And that's in all aspects. It'll be the performance on the court, the performance after the game, and so much more. But I, I'm really hoping that this thing works with um with the Brooklyn Nets. I really, really do. I'm not look I'm not looking for them to be. I'm not looking for this to be a failure. I really hope it's not it, do, it doesn't. But don't be surprised of how things get carried out on the court is all I'm saying. I think KD will be fine, but as far as for the rest of the team is concerned, that's still left to be said. Time now for the hot press. All right, so um, 
So we're kind of getting closer and closer to college football playoffs. And of course, you know, the teams that we already are anticipating right now is Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. And of course, a lot of people have been knocking on BYU and so much more. But Bama right now staying atop. So they're staying atop at number one, Notre Dame number two, Clemson three, Ohio State four. And then, of course, the number five wildcard team is surprisingly Texas A&M. But there are a few teams that are there. Number seven, uh, Florida. and But after all the changes that we've seen so far, like with the college football championships, they shortened up the games to where, because with Ohio State, they wanted to shorten this up so that, you know, and, and, and it makes sense because Ohio State wants to still be competitive, but at the same time, shortening up the amount of games that they're playing to get to the championships. It's interesting, but to me, I've already put an asterisk in this college football season. I already have. Nobody is, is going to be ranting raving about Coastal Carolina, um, Cincinnati. Indiana's looked like a much better football program. I'm not going to lie, but all the rest of some of these teams, all these programs from all the way down to 25, come on, let's be reasonable. The only four that keeps the popularity, at least for the college football playoffs, it has to be Alabama. It has to be Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Ohio State, to me, has got to be that wildcard team. And then, of course, depending on who the five spot is, that'll be the one team that I think will be interesting, but we'll see exactly how the rest of it play, pans out for the season. So um, I'm going to talk about this here in a little later on because this is huge. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, basically went on and said he's not going anywhere. Milwaukee is his city, and he's going to stay put. The Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis have reached a five-year, 228 Supermax contract deal. So he's not going anywhere for the next five years. To me, this is interesting. And Giannis, as we know, great, great player. Okay, He's a guy that can shoot on the inside. He's a guy that we, we just see highlight reels every game when it comes to dunks. But here's the thing about Milwaukee. As I've said before, over and over again, Milwaukee is not a free agent frenzy destination. It's the truth and reality. But Giannis being back, you still have Middleton. You got Drew Holiday. You got a, a, a couple of real good pieces. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that Milwaukee is terrible. I'm not saying that at all. But when understanding the the franchise's history over the years it's been kind of a toss-up you know it, it, it's like it's like a complete pendulum swing because i'm not sure exactly what milwaukee team i'm gonna get mind you not this past season but the season before they were probably the one of the most defensive teams in in the nba but this will be interesting how this season goes but milwaukee Congratulations. You're still keeping your franchise afloat with still having Giannis there. But for the love of God, can somebody get him a championship? That's the only thing I can hope for for the longevity of five years. In those five years, I better see something from Milwaukee that is championship worthy. Got plenty of time. Don't waste it. So, um, so the NFL, they came out with a memo. There's no mandatory bubbles for postseason play. So the NFL and what was and what was written here from Kevin Scheifert, the NFL will prohibit mandatory local bubbles during the postseason. And according to the memo sent to the clubs on Tuesday, um, but will continue allowing teams to house players in a hotel on a voluntary basis. So there is not going to be a bubble in place. There's not going to be a bubble in place for the NFL. And I've been pushing for this because after seeing the successes with the NHL, 
the NBA, baseball, they all succeeded. They all succeeded in finishing off the year right because in a year of uncertainty, baseball shortened the games to 60 games, and then they got a World Series champion. Basketball was already on the tail end, and so was hockey on their season. Hockey then went to Canada because, let's be honest, Canada, there's nothing but snow, and they were able to handle the ice. Ice was stable enough, but they still managed to have a Stanley Cup playoffs, and they had the Stanley Cup champions, and same with the NBA. They played in Orlando. They played a couple of real good pickup games. Then it was playoff time. And they managed to do it well. Then they got an NBA champion. The NFL at some point, because this is what's going to be interesting. But if there's not going to be a bubble in place, understand there are hazards and there are risks. Not saying they have to be scared of it. Just be more aware. Because the NFL constantly, I've been seeing it news after news, hit after hit. A lot of players, they continuously get these COVID tests. And that's been the hard part. This is why it's like for some teams, the momentums and everything else that's trying to shift on their side, they can't, they can't really just, they can't really settle this thing right. But I'm telling you, even if they're not making this mandatory, at some point, they've got to come back to this because in order for teams really to have an even playing field, you got to make this right. You got to make this right. That's why I kept saying, put the AFC in Vegas. It's an indoor stadium in Allegiant Stadium. Who doesn't want to end up playing in Vegas? You owe, the, you owe it to them. You owe it to the city and you owe it to the fans. Put the NFC in either New Orleans or Atlanta. Those are the only two indoor stadiums that I can see being exciting for the NFC playoffs, especially it all being like an East Coast. And then flip a coin. Flip a coin on where you would want to host the Super Bowl. That's the only thing that I can say for the NFL. You know, and I I I I can't I can't stress it enough. But this is just the kind of thing that, like, the NFL, they've got to get this right. They've got to get this right. All right. That was your hot press, folks. All right. We are very, very much close to ending this thing. Okay. All right, so I want to talk about this contract deal for a second. So lean your ears in, folks. I want to talk about this contract extension. So Milwaukee, five years, $228 million max contract deal to Giannis and Tentacubo. Wow. Unbelievable. And I mean, I, I, I'm happy and excited for Giannis. I really, really am. But... Like most teams, you've got to build the right people around him. Okay, and Milwaukee, as I've said before, Milwaukee is not a free agent frenzy destination. It hasn't been for a long time. Don't get it confused because of the amount of players that they've had over the past. I mean, look, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Ray Allen, They've had a couple of real good players. Okay, these were real good players. But Milwaukee, I understand they have some of the history, but over time, they're not the type of franchise that you look at like the Lakers or the Celtics or even the Dallas Mavericks or any of the other franchises in the NBA. This is a team... And it's so interesting year in, year out. And they do have good players, okay? I like Chris Middleton, but I've been very honest about this. He's not a capable number two. To being a capable number two, you have to be the Robin to 
a franchise is Batman. Okay, and I don't think Curtis Middleton is capable of being the Robin to Giannis, but he's still good enough to where he can end up shooting. He's a good role, he's a real good role player. But this is where you really have to have a capable number two. Now they do go and get Drew Holiday, and they gave up a truckload for Drew Holiday. That's why that I said New Orleans is a playoff team. Because however in the hell they pulled that trade off is beyond me. I would have never saw this coming. But, you know, you better hope that Milwaukee has the team. I mean, they, they've been a defensive team before. Okay, a couple years back, they've been a defensive team before. And the NBA is shaping to be very, very tough, especially in the Eastern Conference. Notice the teams that are getting tougher. Boston's getting tougher, and they're getting younger. The Sixers are finally starting to figure out their, their woes and their problems. But I'm hoping that they put that into action. They didn't get Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers and a bunch of these shooters for nothing. That's why I'm hoping Philadelphia is successful in it. Toronto, I think Toronto is still going to be stable. They'll be an interesting team. You have the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler, who I've already given a whole lot of credit and respect where it's due. Really, really good player. Then there's Brooklyn. Okay, Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, it's a competitive team. I'm not sure how Kyrie is going to favor. I hope he favors well. Brooklyn's going to be a very interesting team as well. And then you have a handful of all of these throw-in teams. You have a handful of these throw-in teams. Milwaukee, if they really truly want to be the kings of the East, you've got to make this right. Five years is how much you have for Giannis. In the span of five, you have got to hope there's a championship year involved. I love Giannis. I think he's a real good player. Now, there are some limitations to his game, but I do think he's worthy enough of winning a championship. When will that come? Time will tell. But if Milwaukee's serious about this, and they give him five years in this contract, don't waste it. Build a really good team around him. Hopefully, they'll figure out the number two. And then I think this team could very much... He is the lone reason why this franchise is still stuck around. I've said this over and over again. This was one of the franchises that was getting ready to relocate into Vegas. I'm not joking. This was one of them. So, you better hope there's a championship involved. If Milwaukee wins a championship, they'll still be a franchise. They will still be a franchise. And everybody will be thanking Giannis for making it happen and for the rest of the team. Coming up next, on my best for last, I've got the top five winners and losers of the NFL week uh, 14 as we're getting ready for week 15. And there's a bunch of takeaways. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are a bunch of teams that I have on my list I really, really do like. And there are some that, even if some of them won or lost, there are going to be some interesting takeaways from here. Okay? I'm, I'm going to explain that later. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And you're not going to believe the one team that's made it up on this list. That's coming up next here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network.
Welcome to the My City My Game Pod Show featuring Raider J77. Your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. Once a Raider breath, always a Raider breath. It's simple as that. You look silver and black. A lot of bread invested in that old line. Car insurance cost all in the ladies and gentlemen well first and foremost i really do appreciate every single one of you guys to come up on here hang out with me and join the live stream as well and uh we had a lot of interesting stuff i was very very excited for today um i mean like i said i had a lot to talk about and this is this is this has been an interesting week but like i said nba nba is officially back i'm very excited for that hoping that the season will be very, very exciting for one, but I think it's going to end up bringing out a lot of clarity for this, for this next season. I think it will. I think it'll be great. Waiting for baseball to come back. I did have a lot of news about NHL. So here's the good news. This is good too for Vegas fans, whoever's watching here. But the NHL says that they are going to let the home teams play in their home arenas this season. So it's great. Everybody's going to be playing in their home arenas. I'm excited for that because I, I cannot begin to tell you how much I've heard all throughout the last couple of months hearing crickets in T-Mobile Arena. I'm very excited to be seeing the Golden Knights playing in their arena again. Whether we have fans in the stands or not, I don't care. But at least they'll be back home. They'll be back home. We still are waiting for, you know, the standings and everything else and what is going to be brand, you know, what the, the brand new standings is going to be, the divisions. So I have, we have yet to touch upon with that, but all right. So my best for last, these are my top five winners and losers. I do this now every week as an ending segment to the week. And this is how I break it down. I break it down from some of the performances I've seen from the team some of the takeaways, if there's something that catches my attention, that may be something that I put a red flag on. That's something I put a red flag on, hoping it will be, it'll be very interesting, but hoping that the teams will figure that out and do something about this. So without further ado, let's get started with top five winners and losers of week 14. All right, so number five, um, number five to me on the winners this week is definitely the Arizona Cardinals. Here was the takeaway in the game. When Kyler Murray runs the football, he is really, really good, and he's comfortable. I've been saying something about Arizona all throughout this year, okay, and they – they need to pay attention to this because this is something this is this is all for the future because the offensive line is still not the best for Arizona and they're relying so much on Kyler to throw the football more but if you realize how much he runs and he creates space he's a much better quarterback and nobody's seeing that but when Ky when Kyler Murray runs it's a totally different quarterback, and they torched New York, especially a really good defensive New York team that's only getting better and better week in and week out. They torched them. 
All right, number four is the Tennessee Titans. Here's my takeaway about the Titans, okay? The thing of it is, when a team gets embarrassed in the previous week, my theory is they're going to come out with some serious fire the next week, and they did, especially against a rebuilding dumpster fire in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the Titans were able to run the football. They were also able to make a couple of good quality passes. So Mike Vrabel, this was basically a quote-unquote bye week for the Titans to get better. But they're my number four winners this week. Okay, the Indianapolis Colts, guys, nobody is talking a whole lot about them. They're the number five defense in the NFL. That week, that game against the Raiders, Jonathan Taylor was pounding them on the run. 150 yards rushing, and then not to mention the connection to Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton is finally starting to happen. And Indianapolis right now is looking like a competitive team. Now, I don't want to bring high hopes, but a team that's got the top five best offensive line, the top five best defense in all of the NFL, that's a team that's going to be a handful in the playoffs. That's going to be an absolute handful in the playoffs. So I'd love to see what the rest of the season is going to bring out for Indianapolis in the remaining three games. But that's not a team I'd sleep on during the playoffs. All right, number two is the Green Bay Packers. Why did I say that the Green Bay Packers are my number two? Let me just give you this. Aaron Rodgers, we already know, is unbelievable, okay? He's had another great game, um, especially against you know a Detroit team that is rebuilding. They're needing a new head coach. They're probably going to need some new weapons and new, uh, probably a new quarterback. But the Packers, even with Aaron Rodgers, here's a really good takeaway. Detroit could not run the football. They were struggling on the run against Green Bay's defense. Green Bay limited Detroit to 51 rushing yards. That's a positive, in my opinion. That's a positive I'd see for a defense because when when the passing's not going right, you've got to run the football, and you've got to run the football to conserve, well, to run down time and to really get momentum on your side of the football. That's the one thing I have to say about what Green Bay did this week. The linebackers look better. The defensive front stopped the run. I mean, DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson, they couldn't get anywhere. They stopped them big time. And I loved what I saw out of Green Bay. Now, here's what's going to be the really good. This is what's going to be very interesting at my number one. Number one team to me, um, the number one team for me is definitely the Buffalo Bills. This team, I don't know if any of you guys are seeing right now what I'm seeing with Buffalo, but this team is looking complete. All they had to do was get Stefan Diggs on that trade. They traded for a first-round pick, gave it to Minnesota, They figured out their problem with their deep ball wide receiver. I also like Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, and the Bills defense has really been shaping up well. Nobody's talking about it. Josh Allen is having an MVP caliber season. He has risen to being probably one of the best top-tier quarterbacks in the league. The arm, the awareness... A lot has changed on this offense. And you got to give credit to Brian Dable. The offensive co- the offensive coordinator for um for the Bills. He's gonna end up getting a head coaching job at some point. But man, he has really taken this team to the highest extent. And I think the Bills, don't be surprised, man. It has been a long, long time. It has been a really long time, but do not be surprised if maybe Buffalo makes a Super Bowl run. But that is going to be very interesting. 
So I got Cardinals at five, Titans at four, Colts at three, Packers at two, and Bills at one this week as my winners. Now let's talk about the losers here this week. All right, number five. You guys are going to be shocked about who my loser is this week, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are still a good team. But do you want to know what's wrong about Kansas City right now? In the last couple of weeks, they've been winning games at one possession. And their red zone offense is not the same. That means there's a hole in Kansas City's play. No matter how many times Patrick Mahomes is amazing and he's just great, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, there's still a hole somewhere. And I think they're starting to figure that out. They are not, they've not been good in red zone offense in the past couple of weeks. And they've been winning games due to one possession. How much closer and closer does Kansas City need to be until they lose their game? That's the heavy set question. That's the heavy set question. But I'm not sure how this is going to end up panning out. But I'm hoping Kansas City clears this up. I really hope they clear this up. All right, number four. The number four team that I got from here is the Las Vegas Raiders. And, of course, the Chargers are playing them here in Las Vegas. But the Raiders, they're put at number four. They're the losers because of what happened this past week against Indianapolis. I mean, the defense just got all out exposed. But here's where they're partially winners. I just heard this week. The Raiders parted ways with defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. Paul Gunther's gone. It's time that they started getting new, fresh blood in that defensive coordinating position and fix this defense up because they have been giving up unnecessary big-time plays. The defense, the linebackers don't even look the same. Corey Littleton, Nick uh, Kwiatkowski, and a lot of these players they haven't even looked the same because they lose a dud to Atlanta. They gave a 28 points to an 0-12 Jets team. And then they come up against Indianapolis. You got the Chargers on Thursday on a short week. So Rod Marinelli is taken over as the interim defensive coordinator. But if the, but if the Raiders don't get this right, it's going to be bad news. All right, number three, this is a team that is really going to make you, this is really what's going to make a lot of people's eyes rolls, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers right now have not looked the same. This is a pop gun, B, this is a pop gun, BB gun offense. They have not been able to generate quality plays to march them downfield. They lead the league and drop passes. They can't even run for more than four yards a carry. This is bad. This is bad, and I love T.J. Watt. I love the defense, but when your offense is not picking you up at the best times possible, that's a bad sign, and we saw that this week against Buffalo. Buffalo looked like Pittsburgh years ago. Okay, small school, small school quarterback, small school head coach, I mean, the Bills right now are are, are they they they're they've beaten them to a pulp. They stopped them right in the tracks. Pittsburgh, as of today, Pittsburgh fans, you can go ahead and hate me all you want, but you are not that intimidating as you get into the playoffs. I would not be surprised if they lose in the first round. If they win it through, there there's no way they're going to make it through to the second. Don't even get me started with it. But I'm making that known as of right now. All right. I'm making that known as of right now. All right. Number two is the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan throwing three picks in the game. It looked, God, it looked terrible. Even though Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, the offensive weapons around him were actually working really good, including Hayden Hurst. But Matt Ryan, for as comfortable as he was in the pocket the whole time, 
just made bonehead plays, throws a pick to Rashawn uh, Jenkins in the end zone, throws another pick to Jaleel Adai, and he clearly waited for it. on. Look at this. He clearly waited for it. He waited for that play on, you know, on Hayden Hurst, and that's smart. That was a smart defensive tactic, and he just waited for it. Then he gives up the last play to Mike da- Michael Davis, and that's what settled for the Chargers game-winning field goal. But Atlanta, that was that was a terrible performance. Defenses, they gave up some plays, but I mean Matt Ryan better rebound from this loss. All right, this is this should not be any anybody's surprises, but it is the New York Jets. I mean the New York Jets right now. It's it it it's sad to say, but this team has just not gotten any better. They're last in almost every single category. Point differential, points per game. They put up three points against uh, against the Seattle team. It's bad. I'm just waiting for you know the the new year to start because. At some point, the Jets need juice. They need Trevor Lawrence. And um, <clears throat> they'll need a better head coach. They need new blood. It's unfortunate up to this point. But right now, this this is just bad. I feel so bad for, just, for Jet fans and just for Jets in general. Because watching this all through and through, the, the pain is excruciating. I get it. But at the but in the end, you better hope that the reward is much sweeter than the risk and just the constant baggage you had to you had to take on. All right, so this was fun this week. So I've got my top five winners and losers. So my winners, once again, I have the Cardinals at five, Titans at four, Colts at three. Packers at two, and then the Bills at number one, and then my losers are the Kansas City Chiefs at five, Raiders at four, Steelers at three, Falcons at two, and the Jets at one. I think that seems fair. I really do think I really do think it seems fair, in my honest opinion. Uh, Brandon Melanson, um, if I had to think of a Super Bowl this year, I mean, listen, I would not be surprised if the Buffalo Bills went into the Super Bowl this year. I would not be surprised. The way that they're playing right now, um, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable play. I think, to be honest, if we have a Bills and Rams Super Bowl, offenses, defenses, head coaching, I think the both of them have interesting trade-offs. But the only thing that scares me about the Rams is the inconsistency out of Jared Goff, no matter how comfortable he is in the pocket. But if we get a if we get a Bills Rams Super Bowl, Brandon, you know how you know how rent and raving that Buffalo fans are going to be if that ever happened. But that may be a thought. That's probably going to be my thought. I have it right here in the back of my head. I'm not sold on it yet. I'm not sold on it yet until, because again, there's going to be a segment by the end of the season. I will have a segment on teams in the playoffs and who I truly think will be in the Super Bowl. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was Bills Rams. I'm just being completely honest with everybody. And you heard me say this first. You seriously heard heard me first. Chiefs Chiefs versus Saints or Packers, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? That's why I said, wait till the season ends, and I promise you we'll have a segment on it. I can't wait to do it. All righty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. By the way, we've got a special tomorrow. It's a pregame between the Raiders, the Chargers at the Raiders. Okay. We're having that later on. Stay tuned. It'll be tomorrow. I will be featured on. I got to represent for my team. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have the pregame because Thursday night, you're going to see me with my live stream 
Thursday night, watching the game, Chargers, Chargers and Raiders. It's going to be a lot of fun. Games at, games at uh, 5 o'clock. You guys do not want to end up missing that here on the Spotlight Sports Network. Have a great night, guys, and we will see you tomorrow night. Take care.